Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. Is there ever a right time to return to work after a bereavement? I always think it's a really, really personal decision and it just differs depending on the person. I suppose the the person who they've lost as well. But I was listening this month to BBC presenter Kate Garraway because she returned to work six days after the death of her husband, Derek. Thank you. It's lovely to be back here. It's odd to be back here. I feel very weird. The makeup girls had me in tears this morning just by saying hello. <laughs> uh, and I've got some lovely hugs from everybody already. So nobody hugged me. Nobody be nice to me. That's what I say. That but sounds thank fine you to me. All of you I'm very at home as well. I know I mentioned it on Monday, but. You have been incredible and it's lovely to be I keep saying, just treat me normally. And everybody suddenly realises they don't know how to anymore. (laughs) Particularly you, because you're used to just being rude. Yeah, usually. (laughs) Usually. I'll give you a little bit of leeway today, of course. It was an... Were you? Yeah, a little bit. I know a lot of people probably think, you know, six days seems like a very short period of time to go back to work after a bereavement, particularly a bereavement like the, the loss of your husband. But it is a very, very personal decision. And I suppose for, for some people, just getting back into it, back into some level of routine can actually help with uh, the grieving process. Denise is with us on the line today um, because I wanted to chat to people about this and, and how we can maybe make that return to work after a bereavement, whatever the bereavement, by the way, a little bit easier. Have you, have you, um, you've had to return Denise back to, to work after a bereavement? Yeah, it was, it was a while back after, after my dad passed away. Um, and I suppose I, I, I kind of thought I had never really lost anyone before. And I thought bereavement was this kind of linear thing that people spoke about that you went through these stages. And when they were over, you went into the next one and then the next one. So when I went back to work, I thought I'm over the worst of it now, you know, but I didn't realise you, you're just hopping back and forth through all these stages. Um, so when I was back in work, there were times I kind of couldn't get it together. And because I'm a, I'm a teacher, so you can't, you're kind of putting on a face and, and, and you can't really, you're trying to hide these emotions. And it was really difficult. And it was months later and I'd be kind of cracking up in the staff room or in the bathroom. We're having a big cry. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? You know, dad died months ago at this stage. I should be copping on. But now, cut to years later, I have days like that exactly the same as they did initially. So I, I, I think it's the idea of that it's a linear process that, that, that gets people and they go back to work thinking I'm okay now and you're not and you just have to be in the workplace and just explain to people close to you, you know, and I'm sure they know a lot of people mm. now have been through it that, you know, they're they're up and down as well and just explain and just there'll be days that I'm just not myself and, you know, the other days I'll be fine and just that kind of understanding in the workplace that I think you need to have that people are just at different stages at different times. I imagine schools are quite good for that though Denise because they're big employers they're yeah, big, a lot yeah. of employees you know typically in a school and it's not a small business yeah, a lot of a lot of empathy, definitely. But still, there's a lot of expectations on, on getting stuff done and deadlines. And um, I'm in third level, so there's a lot of stuff that has to be done and um, paperwork and all that stuff. And just sometimes you kind of think, I can't do this. I can't get through this day. I can't get through this work. And, you know, you're saying to people, you could be a year after the bereavement, you're saying, I can't do it. And people are thinking, we just kind of have to do it. Um, I, just, I wish you could just kind of step in and out a little bit more sometimes. Um, but look, employers have to get it done as well. I get that. You'd have loads of people going around all the time saying well I'm not doing my work today because I'm having a bit of a bad day I mean you have to I'd say to my students unfortunately there's stuff that has to be done we need to get on with life as well so it is a very difficult balance I suppose you just have to do what you can best to protect yourself in those situations and hopefully you're in a job that kind of gets it 
Gives the you the support. Do you feel, looking back on it, Denise, that maybe you went back too early? Um, I, again, because of this understanding I have now of this, it's not linear at all. I don't think so. I think in a way it's a nice distraction. I think I don't. I don't think being at home is always uh, always the answer and kind of wallowing in it either. Um, so I, I'm lucky in my job. I've my great friends are there, and I get a lot of energy from my students and staff and all that. So it was a good place for me. Um, I just wish I hadn't put myself under so much pressure to be as good as I always yeah. was before. That, that's the problem. I, I was like, I'll still be very productive and I'll still go for my promotions and I'll still be all this. And, yeah. and that didn't really work out for me. And then, I, and then I was kicking myself saying, well, you're not good enough anymore. And I had a bit of a crisis of identity um, following it. So it's no, all I that stuff that. that goes on top of it. You know, yeah. I think that, that was the hardest part. What about you, Marie? What's your experience of going back to work after grief or, do, you know, well, during a grieving yeah. period? Yeah, look, I just think it's like six days, six weeks, six months. Everybody has a different time scale as to when they'll go back. My husband passed away 14 years ago. And at that stage, I had a daughter in second year in school and a son just starting college. So um, I had to pick up and get on with it. We had a small business. Um, so I suppose if you like the choice was taken away from me. Um, I I suppose it was just you're in, you know, you're in limbo. You're just sort of dealing with a day to day I um I found it was good for me to be meeting people and talking to them I did cry when people mentioned his name and I did get upset and I'm sure people were saying oh god I wish I wasn't here this is really awkward but on the whole people like you know you know it helps me to talk about it um, then there was days when we'd laugh at things and I mean I noticed somebody a few people had said that Kate made a joke on TV and it was bad timing like what's bad timing who knows what went on like we know in her case that she had years of probably grieving looking at the man she loved so ill and I was in a similar situation my husband was very very ill for a long time and in some ways his death was a relief to us to see him out of that pain You'd nearly gone through the grieving process Marie to a certain extent beforehand You you really do Now I mean then the grieving period starts again maybe a year later because in a year after his death I remembered all the good times his illness had kind of gone to the background then all of a sudden I thought at the times we were happy. So I grieved them, not straight away, but when I when when his actual awful illness had sort of gone secondary in my mind and I thought of all the things he'd missed, like graduations and yeah. leaving. Your kids were very young, Marie. Like that. They were young, yeah. yeah, you know. And I mean, just as Denise said there, just to say schools are amazing. Um, Rachel's school was just fantastic. Um, you know, they were in contact during the illness. They were in contact afterwards. And they did everything in their power to make the transition easier Good. for her, yeah. as did the hospice. There is a lot of help out there if you, you know, if you look for it and I took advantage of every bit of help I could get and it did help it, it definitely did, did but you, like um, you know nobody can judge until they're no. in the situation oh no sure like, and you, the, the other thing is you know like you can sort of have a, an idea in your own mind as to how you might deal with it or react and sure you're completely like you've no idea until it happens no how you'd no be affected it's, yeah it's I a am, day-to-day process yeah I'm just curious Marie though you, you mentioned you have a small um, a small well, family business yeah oh yeah I know I haven't anymore it was during the it was just as the recession hit so um, we had a particular had a particularly bad time. The business went bust. Um, so we had to, like it was another reason why I probably 
didn't grieve properly for a long time Sorry because there was a recession, yeah. the business went bust, we were bankrupt, there was huge changes in our lives um, in so many different ways. But look, I am, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, as they say, and it definitely does. And, you know, you, you just have to, when you have children, you pick up and you get on with it. And as I said, take advantage of anything that's going as in counselling etc. It, 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 helped, it helped me and the kids so much to get through a very difficult stage, you know. Um, like, and, and that's basically yes. it. I mean, I think I, we, you were talking before about um, bucket lists and um, we spoke about that and I was saying like, you know, we had a bucket list um, for, you know, before he died, not because we thought he was going to die, but we had so many plans and then life took those plans away from us. So now it's a day at a time, you know, and that's not a doom and gloom. I just make the most of every day and I take advantage mm. of situations that come my way. You have a so. great attitude. Mm. You Thank really you. do. Yeah, you have a great attitude. <laughs> I see a text from, from Catherine in Cork here. She says, delayed grief is, is very hard. I went back to work far too soon after a sudden bereavement. I did get great support, but put on uh, but on, on front and then had to, oh yeah, look after parents, grieving their son. I had no time or space to grieve. I'm really grieving now after five years and it, it feels an incredibly tough. You see, I'm thinking of Catherine today and I suppose like... How do you advise people that find they're they're dealing with that delayed grief and how the workplace, um, if you're in a working environment or an office environment, like how can that better better help to support you? Trish is with us on the line. Trish, you've been listening to Denise and, and Marie there. What's your experience? Well, my experience is a number of years ago, um, my husband died. Uh, he had been sick for a long time, but we worked together, self-employed. And uh, then when he died, I went back to work three days afterwards because I had people on looking for me and I had to keep the thing going, the business going, because being self-employed, I had no other income. I had two children, one going, one just barely a teenager, the other going into teenage, and they needed to be kept at their schools. Now, my daughter's school were a great help. But I won't mention the day my son's school were absolutely awful. He went into school a few days after the death and he was asked why he hadn't got his homework done. So they haven't even mentioned to the teacher that his father had died. So he had to stand up and say his father died. So that, I found, was the worst part of everything. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty awful. And when you you mentioned similar there to, to Marie as well about having you know the the family business, I, I I know from our own experience at home with my family, like it can be very difficult, Trish, when you're involved, you know, particularly if you worked with your husband or or you know partner um, in the business, because I imagine every single person that comes in through the the shop or the business door or every phone call you get, you know, naturally customers and people probably want to sympathise with you, but. I'm sure you're, you know, you've nearly become exhausted retelling the same story and rehashing the whole thing all the time. Yeah, well, I think most of the customers, um, I was in the, with my husband in the agency business and most of the customers knew that my husband wasn't well because he went blind and I used to have to drive him around and we'd go everywhere. And the customers were lovely. They were very helpful 
And, you know, they really helped us an awful lot. I can't say a word against them. Oh, gosh. Kieran Coyle is on the line as well, Trish. Kieran's a, a counsellor and a psychotherapist. Is there ever a right time to return to work after a bereavement, Kieran? Thanks very much. The, um, first of all, I want to say I'm inspired by everyone's stories so far, and I will um, reiterate that it is not linear grief so um it's really down to the individual person but it's um acknowledging your feelings how you're really feeling and being honest with yourself and meeting yourself where you're at and talking to your employer and letting them know how you're feeling whether you need a phased return um whether whether your hours are cut back um instead of what we have a habit of doing as human beings is just throwing ourselves and distracting ourselves, like working overtime, working too many hours. So um, there really is no simple answer to when to return, but it's um, it's just acknowledging that you need to give yourself the time to process what's going on and that all your feelings are valid, whether that's anger, sadness, sorrow, whatever is going on to you and communicating that to your employer and um, just being kind to yourself and compassionate above all and removing any shame or a timeline that said, I have to get to this point at this time. Um, you don't ever have to get over it. You, um, you can dip in and out of grief um, as a human being. Um, we've all suffered grief in our lives, different degrees. Um, of grief, but it's saying okay. We learn to we learn to cope in different ways over time, and maybe healthier ways. But not putting the expectation on yourself to just get over and get on with it. You know, it was a point um, that, that was made a few moments ago, Kieran, by by Denise, and, and Denise is still with us as well. It was just something I suppose struck me, um, even in my own experience when Dad passed a couple of years back. Like sometimes, you know, you nearly go back to work because you want to get back into a level of routine, and you know whether that maybe involves moving back to Dublin or wherever you were during the time of the bereavement. You know, trying to get your kind of life back on track, but but it can hit you again like a year, two years down the line. That's I suppose delayed grief, is that what you call it? Yeah, delayed grief, complicated grief. Um yeah, so at first you may think, okay, this isn't affecting me at all. That usually happens when when we look we're trying to survive, survival is one of our um basic needs and we're trying to get through what we're going through and we're trying to be tough um and maybe not allowing ourselves the vulnerability um, at times as well, allowing that in. But absolutely, that can can happen a year, six months, five years, ten years down the time um, and down the line for people. So just go into your employer, is it, Kieran, and, and maybe have a yeah, chat to them? Is that the advice? Absolutely, be honest, Do- and um, it could be it could be a plan if you're like if you need time off, if you need compassionate leave mm. what does your company offer you'd hope you'd hope that most companies would have compassion for what you're going through yeah. but um absolutely putting yourself first I see a text from a listener here who who says back in August uh, 2011 I buried both my parents 
and three weeks after I had an occupational nurse from my workplace at my door to see when was I coming back. I told her I wasn't in great form and she asked was I depressed. Imagine like three weeks after burying both of your parents. Is there any one bit of advice, Denise, that you might give to people that are maybe at home at the moment and they're, you know, after going through a bereavement or they're listening to this and thinking, you know, this is the the stage of life that I'm in at the moment. Um, Looking back, what would you do differently? Yeah, I think like Irish people are gas for, you know, you'd come into work and, and someone say, how are you? I'm grand. I'm fine. Like, I think as, as that as that speaker was just saying there, be really honest. Like, I know people, because I remember people say to me, are you OK? No, I'm actually not. And they didn't know what to do with that. Oh, Jesus, mm-hmm. I'm sorry I asked. But, you know, just to say, I'm, I'm not great today. Do you know, I'm just not great. And that was OK then. You have a right then to be a little bit off. I just, I think that's the best advice. I think be honest about how you feel. Let it in process it and let it out again. Don't let it fester. Let the grief in. Go off. Go up to your bedroom. Scream into your pillow. Have a big cry. Tell a couple of people and then the next day try and get up and try and do something different. Maybe a bit of exercise or get into the flow or something. But let it in. Process it. Let it out and just just be honest with people. That's what I would say. This listener says in the morning of my dad's funeral before he was even buried my former employer rang and asked me when was I going to be back at work? I went back two days later. I wish I could have gone back and told them where they could stick their job. I can well imagine, says this listener. What about you, Marie? What would you do differently looking back? You know, I wouldn't really do anything differently because I just feel, I mean, like I, I actually lost my mother four weeks ago. Oh, um, sorry, Marie. And that was it. Like, obviously a different thing. My mother was 85 and... um Obviously, it's a big loss. She died and the following day, my new partner was diagnosed with a serious illness and he started chemo. So, um, like, my sister only said to me today, you haven't actually grieved for Mm. man. And that's probably true because I literally went into save mode or whatever you want to call it again. So, I mean, I don't think there's a right or wrong way to Mm. grieve. I don't think you can change the past. Whatever way, whatever I, way I grieved at the time was the right time, was the way it is for me. Giving advice is, um, you, you can't really advise no, somebody else. No, everybody's think, different. Because like every situation is different. I volunteer for a crisis text line and the one thing we're told is do not compare a situation to your own because... I can't say to somebody, um, oh, this is what I did, because that may not work for them. You know, so to me, I wouldn't change anything. I, you know, it's a process. I might deal with the process differently. As I said, this time, I, it's a different situation because I've had to deal with it differently. Um, so I can't say that um, I would change anything, really, to be honest, except mm-hmm. maybe be a bit kinder to myself, but... That's about it. Absolutely. You've had, you've had a tough, a very tough time, Marie, between yeah, your mom and you your know, partner. You know, yeah. Andrea, yeah. in fairness, when you're in the hospital, um, I was there yesterday and um, when you're in the hospital and you look around, like I'm 60 now and I'm looking at young girls maybe. I mean, I saw a young girl of 18 or 19 walking out with her wig and I thought, oh, like that's tough. Her parents look distraught. You know, it's it's a really tough situation. You know, there's always, there, look, I'm not saying everybody's um, situation is as bad for them at that particular time, but I always try and put it just into yeah. some kind of context that pleasure. I'm not alone. And believe me, when you're in these places, I you're know. far from alone. I know. Listen, um, remind yourself anyway and, and, and take care of yourself. And thank you for, for getting in touch with us here today uh, on the show. That's Marie and Denise there. Trish and Kieran Coyle is a, a counsellor and psychotherapist. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.